Well, Father David, mm-hmm. today's not Sunday, and we're not going to talk about the Sunday's readings. That's right. We're going to do something a little different today. Yeah. So there was a tragedy, huge tragedy uh, in Texas, just west of San Antonio. Uh, I think the count right now is 20, upwards of 20 people have been shot, murdered. Yeah. I got to tell you, man. Um, not people, Ooh. children, elementary yeah. school children. That's what I was going to say. And it's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. horrendous. And I, okay, okay, go on, keep going. I, I have things no. right out of the gate I was going to say, but go ahead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that's totally fine. Totally fine. I, I just wanted to call this emergency session of <laughs> the Homily Prep Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, because we kind of we kind of talk about this sometimes in roundabout ways. Like, you know, when we're like, Oh, do we preach the feast or do we preach the readings? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But like, there are times like today when if you don't mention this thing, then people are going to be hurt. And if you don't, if you don't, if you don't talk about the horrors of life of, of these, if these hugely evil acts in life, like, then what is what does the gospel even mean? Right. You know, so that's kind of what I'm how yeah. I'm looking at this. Yep, yep, yep. Uh you know, right out of the gate, okay, so there's a good conversation to be had about preaching, which I think is is your whole angle here. Like how to how to preach on these days for sure. Um right out of the gate I'm thinking about like guys who like today, you know, on the random Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever of this random week in Easter, um, like say I typed out my homily for today. Should I just read it like normal or should I be like, you know what? I have to throw this out and I have yeah. to speak from the heart because, so, because the scandal is so great and the horror yeah. is so raw yeah. that to, like you're saying to ignore what's happening, you know, and we could pick any other kind of context, like the Sunday after nine 11, for example, mm-hmm. it's like, mm-hmm. can you really just preach on whatever the gospel was? Or do you have to talk about this? You know, yeah. um, not in a like, have to because you have to but have to because like you have to talk about this mm-hmm. you know? now i have to say i did kind of do that with the the sunday after george floyd was killed yeah um and i've mentioned it a couple of times that i had this whole thing planned out and i just had to scrap it hmm. now which is not to say which is not to say and i think this is where we can where we can fall into a certain trap just because you're scrapping it does not mean that you're going to ignore the gospel and right. I think that's where we have to be to find that tension, because if we ever find ourselves unable to, and this is all stemming from a conversation that I had this afternoon, in fact, with one, with one of my um, uh, Jesuit brothers here in the community, you know, just like he was asking this very question, like, well, well, okay, I've got mass this afternoon and I don't feel like anything that, you know, St. Paul and the, and the, uh, 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 Areopagus is like, okay, well, what's, you know, how is this going to mean anything? Yeah. It's like, okay, I get that. I get that. But like, if we get to the point where the gospel doesn't call us to something deeper in the, f- in, in precisely in the, in the face of tragedy, then we may not be reading the gospel properly. Right. Yeah, that's fair. Like, I'm even looking at the readings for today, you know, and, in, from the Gospel of John, he says, "I have much more to tell you, but you cannot bear it now." Yes, yes. Like that. There's that. That's hard. Yeah, and that's, and your that's end exactly for what. This. Ha- that's exactly what happens in times of tragedy. Yeah, we can't bear it now. 
But you know what? Jesus is literally saying, that's okay. Yeah. And when you're ready, then we'll talk. But right. it's okay not to be ready right now. Right. So for me, what's what's uh, what's coming becoming manifest is there's two topics of conversation here. One has to do with how to preach in times of tragedy. And the other one has to do with how to be a flexible preacher, um, mm, how yeah. to be one who can, at the drop of a dime, the drop of a hat or well, the turn of a dime, whatever the <laughs> phrase is, how do you how, how do you say, you know what? Nope, I, yeah, I need to yeah. switch this right now. Um, yep. And those are two separate topics, but they're related, obviously. And just to start with the second one really quick about the lack of flexibility in a lot of preachers, it's one of the things that I've instinctively kind of been revolting against uh, since I, since I've been really going to mass and like being paying attention and especially since I've been ordained is like the, the lack of confidence that most preachers have to speak from their heart and to speak spontaneously from what they know the gospel to be saying. Like, I'm not saying that everyone needs to speak spontaneously all the time because that would be horrible uh, because some guys can't, but like in a moment like today, do you even trust yourself to say, I can speak with authority into this darkness mm-hmm. um, and be flexible to do that, you know, and be flexible and free to do that. And I think that's one big area of concern for me with preachers is that some are incapable of saying like, well, I, I need to speak off the cuff right now because that's what's required of me. I think many are like, well, I'm not a good public speaker. If I don't prepare it, I might as well just, just scrap it and wait until I can prepare for tomorrow. It's like, dude, today's the day you were supposed to talk about yeah. this tomorrow, yeah. something else, you know? Yep. Yep. Yeah. You know, and I will say, so you, you kind of mentioned this, um, just in passing, you know, as, as you're, what was it you said as you've been going to mass and actually been paying attention? Yeah. You know, one of the things that I was thinking about today as well, it's like, now again, I'm not saying that this should not be mentioned and preached on. I think it absolutely should be, uh, you know, tragedies like this. But at the same time, you know, we've got things like prayer, like a mass setting for healing, for tragedy, for, you know, for all sorts of things. Yeah. And so there are ritualized ways in which we can express sorrow, social concern, you know, social unrest, all of these different things. But I certainly feel this as a presider. Like if I use those prayers, would anybody even realize that that's what I'm doing? Right. Would I have to, would I have to tell, Explain it. Yep. say it every time, you know, and now I'm using the prayer for reconciliation. It's like that kind of loses its punch when you have to do that. Exactly. And I feel like sometimes the homily can even feel that way. Like if yep. I have to tell you people and you, this is the other thing, right? You're preaching, literally preaching to the choir for mm-hmm. the most part. Like, you don't, I don't have to tell these group of people that are going to daily mass that murder is wrong right. or that we should be feeling sor- sorrow right now because they all clearly do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so like, yeah, how do you, wh- no, that's, what do that's you do? Good. That's good. <laughs> you know, I, I got to tell you, you know, the spontaneity and, ref, ref, uh, and the um, flexibility that I was mentioning with preaching, I would say uh, needs to be more than just being flexible to speak but also being flexible in your schedule and in your daily life as a priest to say today, this afternoon, we are having a prayer vigil for peace. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. and have a way to communicate with your parishioners that that is happening today 
And like you heard about it this morning and you planned it today and you communicated that and whoever will come will come. Like, but like how many, how many priests do you know or like parishes and pastors and all that who can from one morning to that evening put something on like that? I know very few because they get caught up in this fear of like, well, it needs to be good. It needs to be, you know, proofread. It needs to be, it's like, no, be spontaneous. Call the church together to prayer and pray the Psalms of lament and wear black and preach sorrow like or justice or whatever, like, but just do that and be free to do that. And I think that that's a great way in which you don't have to like force the mass to be everything, you know, boom, like, there it is. There it is. Like, uh, you know, just say like, if you have a way of communicating with your whole parish, whether it be your website, your social media and say today after the five 30 PM mass, we're having a prayer vigil for justice and peace and reconciliation and whatever. And we're going to pray, uh, you know, for a half hour after mass, everyone is asked to be there if you can. And then there, the context is already set. You don't need to explain anything, you know? Mm, mm, I like that. You know, uh, and it t- yeah. it takes the burden of trying to place something onto mass that is not really its place. Right, right. Like the mass is not your moment to anybody's moment to have like, and I, again, this, this is such an uncomfortable thing to talk about because I don't want to say we're just forcing an agenda because we're clearly not, you know, there's, there's, there's a, a, a huge hurt on our, on this country right now. Yes. And not just because of this, this is only the most recent in a, a, a long line of, unfortunately, school shootings. There was a sh- shooting in New York just last week. Horrible. Um, so like people are clearly hurting. Yeah. But oh, is yeah. the mass, I don't know, is the mass the time where we need to be confronted by, with that? Maybe, maybe, maybe it is, maybe, maybe it is. I just, like I said, flexibility, spontaneity goes a long way. Like, yeah, it shows, and I'm going to say this very pointedly, it shows that you're a human being that can respond yeah. in the moment yeah. instead of it being yeah. like, all right, guys, uh, last Tuesday, if you remember, there was a gun shooting and we've been like, we've been like, you know, workshopping some ideas all week to see what we would yeah. do to address this. It's like, that's not a human response to tragedy. Right. A human right. response to tragedy is tonight we cry. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> this is what we do. Uh, yeah. And I think that's what's lacking in parishes. Parishes become mm-hmm. this very like okay, it's a very com- done-by-committee thing, and it's like, okay, um, that's not what's required when you mourn. When you mourn, you gather together the weeping women, and you you call for change and justice and weeping and whatever. Like, be spontaneous. Like, be human. Um, one, la- one thing, one thing uh, that I mentioned before. So there was two things that were on my mind. One was about that flexibility in preaching and tragedy, but the other one, uh, is what's lacking in times of preaching tragedy. I really wonder, and it goes with what I was just saying, I wonder how um, in touch you and I and others are with these tragedies in our emotional human world. Um, because I think it's not helpful to stand up there and preach from my brain. Like, yeah. like that's my brain yep. is, of course, a part of it, but... I don't need to stand up there in front of whoever is listening to me, the weeping mothers, for example, and talk about how suffering fits within the economy of salvation. Like that's right. Right. Not helpful. That's not helpful. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so like let yourself get a little emotional. I think yeah. it's okay to preach in these moments. Like now you and I are not in that town in uh, West, mm-hmm. in West Texas, but you know, that would be a very different context, but still like 
if I get if I get into this topic, I should probably show that it affects me. And yeah. and, and one of the ways that I do that, um, I think about and this is just I think a natural human thing to do, but we don't do it a lot of times. I try to think of I try to think of one of my nephews. Mm. Yeah. What and would I, happen if if he was there? And I immediately get angry. Yeah. Like Yeah. <laughs> and like if you're not feeling angry or sad, picture your niece mm-hmm. there and then let the fire burn. <laughs> A little bit, you know, and and let that fire kindle into you a chance to speak truth, you know. You know, it gives a new new uh, a new dimension to that line from Saint Paul, uh, where he says, "Be angry, but don't let it lead to sin." Yeah, like there's a way in which we have to be angry at in moments like this. Like it is the human response. Yep. If you are not feeling anger and rage, then you're not a feeling person. <laughs> That's right. However, however, if you are allowing your rage to lead to destruction and violence and hatred, then mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that that has gone too far, and that does lead into sin. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. That's right. That's right. But and I th- and I think that's exactly how we we stay away from the trap of, and we're I I've seen it already on Twitter, um, you know, this trap of people saying, "Oh well, your prayers and thoughts are useless right now. We need something more than that." It's like. I get your frustration, I really do, but that's, prayer is not useless, and prayer is not passive, prayer is not inactive. If your prayer is leading you to passivity and inactivity, then you're not praying properly. Yeah, yeah. Um, Like, you're not allowing that anger within you to be a fire for, for... motivation for change for whatever that's right that's right yeah and as far as the preaching topic goes again like the the prayer and the thoughts and prayers and all that and the feeling and all that we we are preachers and as preachers we speak with authority and we should speak to the people that listen uh the truth and that truth should be motivated by our experience our education but also our our lived suffering and i don't think that we give ourselves enough latitude to do that um, a lot of the times mm-hmm. that we as, you know, formal priests, formally educated priests, um, a lot of us are just trained, maybe especially in our North American context, just to be very flat and hyper intellectual. And it's like, that's not what anybody really needs right now. Like to be efficacious in your prayer, we well, should also be efficacious in your preaching is that move people to repentance, move people to sorrow and move them to, you know, really discerning what is the response that's required, you, you know? You know what just hit me? The way in which we, you know, we associate, maybe this is just a me thing, but I I doubt it. When we try to associate, when we try to like convey our humanity and our, and our, you know, emotiveness or whatever you call it, it's usually through jokes. Like we need to tell a funny story and make people laugh. That's how they'll know we're a person. And never is it through what you just said, through like this, this outpouring of sorrow, this outpouring of, of anger. You know, like that is, I would, I dare say, even more um, visceral than telling a joke that nobody laughs at. That's, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, the only person who laughs at it is the person who told it, and he doesn't yeah. even laugh at it that much. Yep. That's right. That's right. The true empathy is not built by uh, giving people recycled comedy. It's by being yeah. a human being. Yeah. Mm. So... Do we have, I kind of like what we've talked about um, already, you know, to this question of how do you preach on a day like today? How do you preach in the, in the face of evil in the world? Yeah. It's not to run away from the gospel, first of all. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just to preach on, and again, you're not trying to convince people that they shouldn't go out and, I don't want to say this too lightly, right? You're not, again, we're preaching to the choir. So it's like, they know evil has been done. So you don't have to rehash it in that sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's, so what's, what's our, what's our takeaway for today? What do we, how do we preach? Yeah. I think that, uh, one major takeaway for me is like you're saying, like, don't throw out the gospel, but also let yourself be a human being affected by this tragedy. Yeah. Like that's okay. And there's a, maybe there's a line here between, um, you know, overly being concerned with current events. Like, I don't need my priest to be preaching about, you know, the latest house legislation. Um, but let yourself be a human being that can preach the gospel and be flexible, yeah. you know? I mean, I think something like this is a little different. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, that'd be one of my takeaways is like letting myself be affected because I, I've been watching uh, headlines pop up on my feed the last day or so. And I just ig- ignore, frankly, because like mm-hmm. I don't want to feel all that. I don't want to be yeah. feeling any of that. Um, and I need to feel that for the sake of the body of Christ because yeah. I, need, I speak for the mm, church. Man. Yep. Yep. You know what the biggest thing that has been frustrating for me as I look through feeds and whatnot is the way in which this is being used as a an instrument for division. We're still yeah. pointing the finger and trying to find somebody to hate. And we're just not going to move forward if that's our only way of proceeding. That's right. That's right. That's right. Well, good, man. No, this is good. I'm glad we did this. And these these kinds of episodes are helpful for me to process because, frankly, until you texted me, I don't think I was going to mention it, you know, in a homily. Mm. Um, yeah. Just because I kind of, unfortunately, sadly, all of it gets buried under the headlines. And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. I don't really know what it matters, you know. But no, like these things matter a lot. Yeah. Yep, they do. And that's exactly why we need the cross. All of that suffering, all of that hatred, it only makes sense under the cross. Right. That's exactly right. And that's perennial in the gospel. Like that's yep. never just like, well, we're not in the right cycle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. Very good, man. Thanks for uh, calling right, this, this to order. We'll do this next time. Well, hopefully Come not on. with something so tragic. <laughs> yeah. All right, All right. Peace.